Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, June 14th, 5.30 a.m. Central Time. December corn futures down six and a half at 5.44 and three quarters. November soybeans down seven at 12.32 and a half. September Chicago wheat down five at 6.43. September Kansas City wheat down eight and three quarters at 7.81 and a half. September spring wheat down six at 8.03 and a half. Mackenzie, it's weather market season, so I suppose we will again uh, start off with the weather today. You bet. Key areas of the central corn belt will stay mostly dry over the next seven days. The seven day forecast calls for mostly dry conditions in Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, eastern Iowa, and Minnesota. Better rain chances are seen in North Dakota and North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Missouri. The Euro model brings some rain back into Illinois and Indiana by Monday next week, although the GFS leaves these areas dry. Yeah, so you've got a little bit of, of model conflict here, which is almost always the case to some extent. If you look at them side by side, I guess the Euro is quite a bit wetter and, and more aggressive with these rain systems for the southeast part of the country and for the eastern Corn Belt as well. Uh, both models bring rains into the plains, like your uh, northern plains, like your North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, parts of Nebraska, parts of Kansas, um, Oklahoma. Uh, Missouri is different. Missouri's wet in the GFS and dry in the Euro, whereas Illinois is kind of the opposite. It's wet in the Euro and dry in the GFS. So I don't see any like big I don't drought busting event here necessarily, like not any big widespread sweeping system. But um, this Euro model, if, if realized, if you get some rains back into these uh, areas of Illinois that have been real dry, I suppose that would be helpful. Uh, radar this morning, you've got this system working its way out of the eastern Corn Belt. It was over Ohio last night. It's into Pennsylvania. They've actually been really dry. Um, this thing yesterday was over like the far northern part of Illinois, Wisconsin, <clears throat> hit some of Michigan, Indiana, um, Ohio. I don't know what the totals were. And then you've got this secondary system here today that's over uh, parts of Kansas working its way into like southern Missouri, those sort of places. Um, I pulled this map of precipitation as a percent of normal over the last 30 days. Your areas that have been the driest over the last 30 days would be like the northern half of Illinois, northern half of Indiana, uh, some pockets of Ohio, a lot of Michigan, a lot of Wisconsin, a lot of Iowa, eastern Iowa in particular, uh, some of Minnesota, and the plains, um, when you go to the western Corn Belt plains, yeah, I mean, it's drier than normal, but not as bad as it's been in, um, you know, the northern, northern half of Illinois as an example where they've seen like you know some areas have seen little to no rain over the last 30 days i mean you're talking less than 10 percent, maybe even less than five percent of normal precipitation so i mean i think that the, the problem area as it stands right now i mean you've still got drought in the plains but it's uh that situation seems to be reversing itself we've got more rain in the forecast whereas these areas you know, northern Illinois, eastern Iowa, into Minnesota, northern Indiana, Michigan, um, still very dry, very dry. So if you guys are not already checking out our premium content, you sure need to do so. You will not find content like this anywhere else. Joe, tell me about some recent videos you put together. We had two premium videos out yesterday. So the first one was our normal daily video 
regarding corn ratings and final yields. Um, what sort of correlation is there, if anything, uh, when it comes to like mid-June crop ratings and the final yield? I thought there was some interesting stuff here. Personally, we went back and looked at a, looked at a couple of years that maybe we could consider to be analog years. And then uh, I had to do a midday marketing review yesterday because we had a bunch of uh, cash recommendations out yesterday. And then as always, uh, June and July, we do a pre-open weather update on Sunday night. This coming week, it'll be Monday because the markets are closed Monday. But about an hour before the markets open on uh, either Sunday or Monday night in this case, uh, we talk about the weather, what's changed in the models, what does it mean for the markets. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, I'll send you all these videos this morning go to standardgrain.com uh, you can sign up there with your credit card it takes about one minute on your phone or computer this is a $50 per month subscription cancel at any time no other fee no other obligation nobody will try to sell you anything else guys just a ton of info direct from us every single business day Vladimir Putin is once again saying Russia may exit the Black Sea grain deal Putin stated during a televised meeting that his nation is considering pulling out of the deal. According to Putin, Russia has continued to extend the deal not for Ukraine's interests, but for its allies in Africa and South America. Traffic at Ukraine's ports has been disrupted despite Russia's participation, with Ukraine accusing Russia of slowing inspections and blocking ships bound for one of the three ports included in the deal. The total volume of agricultural shipments during May through the safe corridor fell to, it, fell to its lowest level since the deal was implemented last year. Uh, the wheat market did react to this for all of about five minutes yesterday, I think, and then just kind of sold off again. Maybe it's different because Putin said it this time and it wasn't one of his lackeys, but um, I don't know. I just don't think the market cares about this anymore. I mean, maybe it cared for a minute yesterday, uh, but that reaction vanished very, very quickly. CPI data for May shows declining inflation. The Labor Department reported on Tuesday that the consumer price index in May rose 0.1% month over month, down from April's 0.4% increase. On the year, inflation increased 4% last month, which was the smallest increase in over two years, but still way above the Fed's target of 2%. After a year of hiking interest rates to their highest level in 16 years, the Fed seems to be making progress on cooling price pressure. Pressures. Fed officials will make their interest rate announcement at 1 p.m. Central Time today. If the Fed decides to pause rates this week, there is still a strong likelihood that it will raise rates at its meeting in July or one meeting later in the year. Okay, a few things here. Let me do the Fed first. Uh, CME Fed tool says there's a 94% chance of a pause today, but then a 60% chance of a hike on July 26th which is kind of interesting, kind of what the market's assuming. When you look at inflation, uh, this annualized CPI print, it has now declined for 11 consecutive months. The last time we saw um, a streak longer than this of deceleration and deflation was 1921, more than 100 years ago. That was the last time you saw um, 11 months or more of declining inflation. When you go through the uh, itemization here, I don't know if that's a word, uh, transportation still up 10% annualized, food away from home up 8%, shelter up 8%, electricity up 6%, Food at home up 6%, new cars up 5%, medical care now unchanged, used cars now down 4%, gas utilities down 11%, gasoline down 20%, fuel oil down 37%. So who would have guessed that um, inflation would be back to 4% here by uh, May of 23? The labor market would still be strong. The stock market would be up, what, 12%, 13% year to date. These are not things that a lot of people uh, 
have would have expected. So um, is this what a soft landing looks like when it comes to the Fed and rates? Um, I would probably say, yeah, it is. Some people might disagree, but um, yeah, 4% annualized inflation, guys, we're, we're headed in the right direction. The EPA will announce its final rule on biofuel volume mandates next week. After seeking a one-week extension on the deadline for the rule, the EPA will release a final rule on biofuel quotas for 2023 through 2025 by June 21st. The final rule was slated to be released today, but the EPA and industry trade group Growth Energy agreed to the extension. The Renewable Fuel Standard Program will enter a new phase as a result of the final rule. The law expands the EPA's power to alter how the RFS is operated. The EPA recently suggested including electric car makers in the RFS, but the agency is expected to withdraw that plan. Uh, back in December, the markets did not like these proposals. Uh, I think the market thought that it was too low, and you saw some reaction in the soybean market and the bean oil market. So we're hoping for some better or higher uh, mandated amounts here. Uh, Bloomberg ran a story about this yesterday that we thought was interesting. Yeah, so since the renewable fuel standard became law 18 years ago, U.S. agriculture and big oil have been at odds. We all know that. The two sides have argued over how much biofuel should be made from corn, soybeans, and other sustainable ingredients, but common ground is now being established as billions of dollars in investment are at stake. Uh, the EPA's final biofuel targets are expected to exceed the 20.8 billion gallon requirement initially proposed for this year, but still fall short of what biofuel producers are wanting. It's funny how money just brings people together. You know? <laughs> Isn't it? It's the great uniter. Um, there was another story that Bloomberg ran last week. Renewable diesel bubble begins to burst as costs spark pullback. And in this article, they talked about how um, labor costs are high. Commodity prices are high, although they've, they've certainly come down. So I don't know. I mean, I, I still think that this crush thing is a go. I know that a couple of the plants have canceled or moved or, or changed some of their um, plans recently. But this thing is, is still a go, uh, given what, what I've been told. Now, again, next week, we're going to see some updated um, mandates. And uh, that could be a market mover whenever that thing's announced by the 21st or whatever. Brazil's government released its monthly crop report yesterday. CONAB, CONAB, which is Brazil's USDA, pegged the country's corn crop at a record 125.7 million metric tons versus 125.5 million metric tons previously. USDA estimated the crop at 132 million metric tons last week. The soybean crop was pegged at 155.7 million metric tons versus 154.8 million metric tons previously. USDA pegged the country's soybean crop at 156 million metric, ton metric tons last week. CONAB projects record soybean exports and near record corn exports. I think USDA and CONAB may need to get together and discuss their uh, corn projections. So USDA last week had the corn crop at 132, CONAB still at, what did you say, 125.7. Um, mm -hmm. And then the export projection, uh, CONAB for corn is at 48 million, which is, is not even a, a record. It's close to a record. USDA is at 55. So um, maybe this global, if, if CONAB is correct, maybe this global corn balance sheet is not quite as bearish as USDA 
would lead you to believe. I was kind of um, surprised that USDA made that uh, bump higher in the Brazilian corn production estimate. But Conab, I am assuming, has pretty good information. Uh, they're saying it's it's not quite that good. So we'll see. But uh, maybe that's something to uh, something that could be constructive. I'm not going to say it's bullish the market, but maybe it makes that global uh, corn balance sheet a little bit less bearish if uh, Conab is reality and not USDA. Uh, cattle market yesterday? Yeah, cattle futures had a positive day on Tuesday. Live cattle, fe- live cattle futures closed an average of 70 cents higher. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of a buck 12 higher cash cattle trade was at a standstill on tuesday choice box beef gained 56 cents ending the day at 337.99 select lost 76 cents ending the day at 309.48 outside markets this morning guys u.s dollars a little bit lower stocks are mixed uh, bonds are pretty quiet precious metals pretty quiet Crude oil up 99 cents in the August WTI at 70.58. I would expect a little bit of volatility in the outside markets at 1 p.m. Central when the Fed announces its interest rate decision. Um, I don't know that the focus will be so much on like whether or not they we think they're going to pause. A lot of it will be on the forward guidance. Um, everybody have a great day today. We will talk to you Thursday.